This is a Get Serial podcast. You can check out more Get Serial at syn.org.au and at Get Serial on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Good morning everyone who's listening to Sin today. Uh, it's your Monday morning with Imogen in Porsche and we have a great show for you from lockdown Melbourne. Um, we're going to discuss the controversial question whether you keep your tomato sauce in the fridge or the cupboard. We have an interview with a great musician who has raised a lot of money for charity and I can't wait for you guys to hear that. So don't go anywhere. Stay with us on your Monday morning on Sin. Shall we jump straight into a song, Portia? Great idea. And the song is Dancing in the Moonlight by Top Loader. And you just listened to Dancing in the Moonlight by Top Loader. Now we're going to go into our next sort of topic, which is where does everyone put their tomato sauce? Do they put it in the fridge or do they put it in the cupboard or do they leave it on the table? Where do you put your tomato sauce, Imogen? <laughs> so I put my tomato sauce in the cupboard and I strongly believe that is where the tomato sauce belongs. What about you, Portia? I reckon it belongs in the cupboard too. I put mine in the cupboard. And when you so, get to a shop, you find the tomato sauce on the shelf, not in the fridge. That's, that's exactly my reasoning too. Because like I feel like things that you, put, you buy at the shelf at the supermarket belong in the cupboard. Yes. Unless I specifically say put it in the fridge. And I don't want my tomato sauce to be cold. Like, that's just, I don't think it needs to be cold. You have a meat pie and got cold tomato sauce, it would just make the meat pie cold. Exactly. And I don't want to eat a cold meat pie. That's exactly right. Yeah. I also think on the, I don't, I do not trust it going onto the, like the tabletop bench because that means, that means you're having tomato sauce way too often if you need it in like a ready, handy spot. <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> you're eating it too much. It should be only for like special occasions like meat pies and sausages. <laughs> and steak if you put it on steak. Yes, steak's true as well. Yeah. Tomato sauce has its place in the world, but that place is not every day. So it does not need to be on the tabletop bench. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you put your tomato sauce? Do you put it in the fridge, the cupboard, or on the bench? And please tell us why. Yes. We want to know why. It definitely should be in the cupboard. And if you're putting it anywhere else, put it in the cupboard, guys. What you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Should we go into our next song? I think that's great. I think it's a great idea. So this is Ocean Drive by Duke Dermont. You're here with your Monday morning with Imogen and Portia. Stay with us. That was Ocean Drive by Duke Dermont. And now we're going into our next little topic, if you'd like to introduce that, Imogen. Yes. So our next topic is talking about sites you can see all around Melbourne. Um, this is, of course, for when lockdown ends and it's safe to travel. Um, and today we're going to be talking about the Flinders Street Photo Booth. 
Um, Portia, have, have you ever visited the Flinders Street photo booth? No, I haven't. Okay, so it's a, um, a photo booth that has been in the same spot for the past 40, 80 years, so since the 70s. Um, it is owned by owned by an 85-year-old, Adam Ayler, um, and, he's been, and he owns two, actually, one at Flinders Street and one in Chapel Street. Um, and he actually made headlines in 2018 when Metro Trains asked for the iconic photo booth to be removed with just 10 days' notice. However, there was public outcry, and then the photo booth was like deemed last minute by Metro to stay at Flinders Street, but just at, but just at a different location. Um, and he is quoted in The Age saying, I just get satisfaction out of it, providing a reliable machine, taking nice photographs. And now it's a hobby for him to continue running the photo booth. So um, it's great because it's like black and white photos. It takes about four minutes, I think, for the photos to develop. So it's like it's like something from the past. It's really nice to do because it's like stepping back <laughs> and waiting for your photos to develop. And it's just like a really nice process. Yeah, and um, actually the photo, um, during the 10 days when they were going to remove it, someone actually created an Instagram page called Flinders Photo Booth. So at Flinders Photo Booth. Um, and then you could send in your photos to the Instagram and they would feature it. And actually back in 2018, I sent in, I sent in a photo, <laughs> which was featured on the page. So you scroll the way back <laughs> to then you'll see my 19-year-old face. So yeah, like I just think it's a, I just think it's a really nice how there are certain things and places that are just part of the station and just part of the the city's history. Yeah, that's really good. You definitely recommend visiting it, even just have a look at it because it does. It looks like it's from the seventies too. So yeah, it's just like a a little thing that you can do when you're at Flinders Street and you have some time. And when you're allowed to. Yes, and when restrictions lift, definitely. And we shall go into our next song, which is... Love My Way by the Psychedelic Furs. That was Love My Way by the Psychedelic Furs. And now we're going into an interview with Lucas. Hi, Lucas, and welcome to Get Serial today. Uh, you are here with us to discuss your fundraising efforts. Um, can you please describe to the audience what is Support Act and who is it helping? So Support Act, uh, Australia's only charity that helps the music industry directly. So uh, money that gets um, donated to them is sent out to help roadies, um, sound technicians, musicians, and everyone that works in the industry. Um, which is one of the big reasons why I did this fundraiser. Yeah. So why was it set up in the first place? Um, what, the fundraiser? <laughs> yes, the fundraiser. Because um, when COVID first started, um, music industry was the first thing that got hit the hardest. And um, it's the last thing that's going to be approved to have big crowds back. And... um. As soon as COVID started, a lot of people started losing their jobs that were in this industry. And um, all the first ones, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm a little little musician myself. Um, and just to see, like, all, when we listen to music, they're basically our mates. 
we don't stop listening to them until we get sick of them, which is very rarely. Um, yeah. <laughs> so to see all of our mates sort of just lose their job and sort of not have any income um, was devastating. And me, I wouldn't know what the struggle is for that, but you just imagine what str- how struggling they are right now. Yeah, definitely. So, so do you – sorry, keep going. Um, so that's the whole reason – we put this um, huge fundraiser together. That's amazing. So you're interested in entering the industry and you see it being completely devastated by COVID and you just want to help out. Yeah, exactly. I'll do as much as I can to get some money to help out. That's great. Why are you passionate about this cause? Oh, just because I know it's going to help um, the people who like who really need it in this industry, um, and that's why I support this so much and so um, warm-heartedly. Just because it's going to help the people that I sort of idle to. Yeah, that's great. So, how did you come up with the idea of launching a raffle? Um. So. It actually started off with me wanting to get one of my um, tuning pedals signed by one or two artists. And um, it was originally going to be an auction. And then it just kept snowballing and we kept getting more bands on board. And then that's when I reached out to Fender and they generously donated a Jimi Hendrix-style Stratocaster. And um, they also sent it up, also signed by Frenzo Rom and one of the members from DZ Death Rays. And um, we just got more signatures from that. And um, but the whole idea from this was just to see, because it hit so hard, it was the first idea that came to mind, let's do a raffle. Yeah. Raise as much money as I can. Yeah, definitely. Um, so as you said before, the main prize of the raffle is it, um, Jimi Hendrix electric guitar. Um, tell us about the process of first getting the guitar. You kind of mentioned that in the previous question, and then getting it signed by well-known Australian artists. Because there's a huge, or I was surprised to see the huge array of Australian artists that have signed that guitar. It sounds awesome. Yeah, it was just insane how many bands actually said yes to it. Um, and getting the guitar and getting it signed was the easiest part of this whole process. Um, getting it, getting the raffle up and going is actually, was the hardest part. Um, How was it the hardest part? So with all the legals um, and gambling restrictions, um, that was driving us back. We had to get permits and like, we had to get stuff evaluated and it was, that was the stuff that sort of dragged this whole thing out. Um, oh, okay, yeah. So we've had to exclude um, the Western Australia, ACT, and the Northern Territory because they're gambling restrictions. Yeah, okay. Um, but besides all that, yeah, it's pretty cool to come home and then there's this guitar in my bedroom. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah. Like- so is it, is it in your bedroom right now? 
nah, I'll put it in um, as the spare room because there's too much crap in my room. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's a, it sucks that I can't buy any tickets for it. Yeah, I know. It sounds so cool. I just love the camaraderie of the industry and how they're helping each other out. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty funny because um, recently we went into lots of music stores and um, gave away um, business cards um, just for more promotion. And we walk into a, the first music shop and we tell them all about it and they go, oh, this is um, the guitar semantic sign. I'm like, oh. So everyone's talking about it. Yeah, so it's like really well known. Awesome. That's so cool. And you've been in other publications such as The Rolling Stones, um, which must be such a cool thing at 15 to see your name in such like a well-known music industry magazine. Yeah, I never thought I'd make it The Rolling Stone, but it was pretty cool to even have NME and music feeds to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, you said you're a musician yourself. What type of music do you play? Um, so I'm like a lot of indie and sort of like Australian rock sort of genre. So like Violent Soho, June Rats, and I'm um, like Spacey Jane, sort of that sort of genre. Awesome. Awesome. I love like their music. I love the Australian music scene at the moment. It's, I'm not much of, I can't really describe it, but it's awesome. I'm really into it. Yeah. <laughs> Where can we find out more information about the raffle and support act? Um, so you can find out all the information with the, about the raffle at um, rafflelink.com.au forward slash um, help make guitar and um, uh, rafflelink.com.au forward slash help make merch. That, on both of those is where. We say what Support Act does, and um, we do the big. We've written a big spiel about why we've done it and how it's all come together. Amazing! Well, thank you so much for being here with us today and telling us about Support Act. And um, sorry, but telling us about Support Act and also how you created the raffle. Uh, I think this is such an inspiring story, especially for someone of your age, a 15-year-old, to really, like, see the um, to really see the industry in struggle and go, I want to I help out the musicians that I like and I want to help out the industry that I want to get into. So thank you so much for being with us on Get Serial today. Yeah, no, so, thank you. And best of luck for the raffle and best of luck in the future. I cannot wait to see... Um, what you do in the future, and I cannot wait to see the outcome of the raffle. Yeah, same. I'm pretty keen to see how it ends. That was Big Girls Don't Cry by Fergie. Now we're going into travel around Victoria. Yeah, so I actually chose a place that's in your part of the world, Portia, Gippsland. <laughs> so it's a town called Woohalla, and... I love this town. It's like, it's so gorgeous there. Um, and the town actually has like a really interesting history, although it's also tragic, which makes it even more interesting. Um, so currently the town only has 16 permanent residents. However, it was really populated back in the gold rush era. 
So there is a mine there called the Long Tunnel Gold Mine, and it was actually the most lucrative gold mine in the world. So they harvested, they harvested, sorry, 72 tons, tons. Um, and to put that in perspective, that weighs more than a Boeing 7370 plane and would be worth about $5.8 billion in today's G- GDP. a lot. It's amazing. And when we think of like gold rush era towns, it's always like Bendigo and Ballarat. However, like Woolhalla like outdid them all twice over. Like that is an extraordinary amount of money. Um, and actually... One day there was a there was a telegram from Melbourne and they were telling Wuhala that the, the like the Ned Kelly gang were going to come and steal like steal the gold because they had to take it on horseback to Melbourne. Wow. Um, and so and so what they did was they like they had like a ploy they had like fake horses with like a fake they had like horses they 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 had like two sets they had one set that was like fake and we're going out in front to like distract the Kelly gain. And then the actual carriers of the gold went a different route, which I find super interesting. <laughs> oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it was actually put into like massive safes and took four or five men to carry the safes of gold each time. So it was actually pretty hard yeah. to steal. But yeah, so like, it was an extremely wealthy town back in the day and they had electric street lights before Melbourne. But then when everyone moved out of the town after the gold rush era, the electricity was turned off and then it was put, and then it was only back in 1998 that they put, they were put back on the electricity grid. So they'll somehow, so they are both the first town and also the last town <laughs> to have electricity, which I find super interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. This is a town that's, like, full of these kind of contradictions, how it's, like, they have the most gold, but yet they're the least well-known. They were the first to have electricity, yet they were <laughs> also <Wow>. the last. <laughs> um, and the towns, so and they also had a war memorial. However, this is, like, after the gold rush era, people were moving out thick and fast. And, um, well, residents also wanted to you know, remember the people from Warhalla that went over to, went over the First World War and actually died there. So they built a monument, um, but they just took, like, an educated guess when the war would end because they were all moving out. And they're like, I don't know. And it was kind of like um, 1917. And like, oh, I guess it'll end in, like, 1919. And so they just put that on the war memorial. So it goes, so the quote is, in honour of the men of the Shire of Wuhala who enlisted the fight for the empire, 1914 to 1919. Um, and World War One actually ended in 1918. However, they were pretty close. <laughs> wow. But yeah, it's a, just a really interesting town. It's gorgeous because it's in a valley. So it looks like, it looks like, I said it looks like a blind or like a carpet of trees that like line the town. And it's really thick. Um, and I went there just before the second lockdown, and I really recommend it. There was a ghost tour there. We did the long tunnel mine. It's just fascinating to learn um, about this little town. So, yeah, recommend it. Recommend it when you can go, Portia. Interesting. Shall we go into our next song? So this is the Psychedelic Palm Crumpets. 
with the song Mr. Prism, and this is the band explaining their song. Hey, this is Jack from Psychedelic Porn Crumpets, and you're about to listen to our new track, Mr. Prism. It's about myself getting extremely sick over New Year's where we were playing a Fools Festival, going from aircon to 40 degrees, then to gigs, to jumping around, getting ridiculously sweaty watching Farnsey. Mad mosh pit, mad bagpipes, good man as well. Uh, and then basically realising that I couldn't drink and it was awful and it was the worst period of my life ever, pronto period, full stop. And then we got home and I was like, why am I so dead? And I dragged myself to the doctors where he told me I had pneumonia. And at that point, I was like, all right, I need some better self-judgment. And maybe if I write a song about it, it will fix my future and everything will be better. Uh, yeah, it's called Mr. Prism. And here it is on Sin. Was the psychedelic porn crumpets with Mr. Prism. We are now going to be going into our eating challenge for this week. Would you like to tell us what you'll be getting us to eat? Yes. So as we know, last show, um, I gave Portia the challenge of, um, you gave it to your husband, right? Yeah. Um, of, Of making vanilla cupcakes with soya sauce and to see if he would notice. If there was soy sauce in it. No, first you would notice if there was anything wrong with the cupcakes, and then second, if you could taste it with soy sauce. Um, can you tell us the outcomes of that? The outcome was that he didn't know that there was anything in there. It didn't taste like it had soy sauce in there. So it That's so in- yeah. So he didn't notice at all. No. Anything was like anything was wrong with the cupcake, so you just think it was normal. Just thought it was normal. Okay. Because I would, I don't, I feel like soy sauce is such a strong taste, but I guess maybe vanilla essence <laughs> is stronger. Maybe, yeah. If you had yeah. vanilla essence in there, then that would have been different. No, exactly. Okay, so I think we should step it up a notch this time because it was too easy if you can't if you can't taste it then what's the point <laughs> so this week i was thinking i was thinking bake i was thinking of making a smoothie right a smoothie with baked beans milk and what should the third ingredient be portia i don't know baked beans milk and also maybe like some like biscuit parts in it. So it's like soggy biscuit as well as like baked beans. Okay. That's pretty gross. Do you think? And like make it like a smoothie and he has to guess the ingredients. Okay, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to see the outcome of the eating challenge, I uh, will post it on our Facebook and Instagram at Get Cereal. And we'll post last week ones as well with the vanilla cupcakes. And we will go into our next song, which is Wake Me Up Before You Go by Wham. And that was Wake Me Up Before You Go by Wham. 
now we're going into our next little topic, if you like yeah. that and explain it. <laughs> so we like to finish off every week here at Mondays on Get Serial with a bit of with a bit of love. We like to enter a bit of love into the world <laughs> for our Mondays and for the rest of the week. Um, and this is our love letter to a tree. So as I've explained in previous weeks, however, I'll give a little brief explanation now is uh, Melbourne City Council has an email address for every tree in the city um, and it was used for practical purposes. However, it's morphed into love letters. So people write into the trees love letters to them. Um, and this is a love letter that I particularly really like because I find it so interesting. So here it goes. Dear Smooth Bark Apple Myrtle, I am your biggest admirer. I have always wanted to meet you, but tragically, I am stuck in New York. I think you are the most handsome tree of them all, tall with an inviting opening canopy. I love to just dream of you. The smell of your clusters of white little flowers, the sight of your lush, dark green forage, and the feel of your patterned bark. You inspire me to live the life to the fullest and pursue my dreams. You keep growing despite the terrible tragedies in the world. You are loved and deserve the world. Love someone in New York. That is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, so it sounds like the author of the letter has actually never visited Melbourne because um, it says, like, I'm, tragedy stuck. I'm tragically stuck in New York. So they must have, like, found the tree online somewhere and have loved it. About it. Yeah, exactly. So I just think it's so cool how... Even like the internet, but it's like the internet and nature like come together <laughs> in this, and like, yeah, and like people still take notice of nature over the internet. I think it's a really cool like combining of like nature and technology and old and new kind of. I think it's cool. Yeah, I think it's really cool too. So, if you find anything more about this, uh, you can visit their website, which is Melbourne Urban Forest. So just type that into Google and there's also a visual map of it, which is super cool to look at. That's perfect. And shall we go into our next song? As always, if you want to find out more information about Get Serial, go to Get Serial on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Tune in tomorrow to hear the Tuesday team. And, yeah, listen again next Monday, same time. We'll be here. Cannot wait to see you. So our next song is Another Small Adventure. See you next time, everyone. Bye. This has been a Get Serial podcast. Get Serial, 6 till 9 a.m. weekdays only on Sin.